Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, Season 3, Episode 2. The preseason begins with Maddie and Smitty brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and ECHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink. Download the Inside the Rink app. And you can also subscribe to Inside the Rink's YouTube page to get all of our episodes and content on YouTube as well. And Smitty will tell you how you can sign up to watch the Bruins on ESPN+. Plus. Sign up for ESPN+. Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN today so you don't miss any Bruins action. I have inside. I have ESPN+, Plus and I love all the Major League Baseball, soccer, college sports, UFC, and much, much more. So uh, college hockey, NHL hockey coming back very, very soon. So sign up at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN so you do not miss any action. Yeah, not, not at all. B, BU with a big uh, big signing today uh, for next year, but they are predicted, I, I think they are preseason number one, Boston University. I, be, I believe so. They have uh, yeah. what it, who uh, many are considering. Celebrini? Who's yeah. yeah, Macklin Celebrini, yeah. who many are considering yeah. the number one overall draft pick. Uh, mm. And maybe uh, next year, I think. Or the year after, some something like that. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in there, yeah. somewhere in that right. range. Yeah. Now they have one and three for for that for that year, whatever that year is. They have one and three now, um, and BC should be loaded too. Yeah. So this should be a, this should be quite a quite a season for BC BU rivalry. This is actually one of the one of the years, and there's been a couple of years here, but. This might be the one year where they're both like really, really good, and that'll uh, that'll do wonders for for the rivalry uh, and the bean pot and so forth. Um, so there you have it. But it's Bruins time. It is. And the the weekend review the the preseason has begun, and the first preseason game was on Sunday. A three to nothing win for the Bruins over the Rangers. John Beecher with a goal, as well as Matthew Poitras and Jake DeBrusque. And all in all, Brandon Bussey was terrific, and it was a good start to the preseason. Yeah, Poitras really showed up, uh, showed up well at a goal and assist. Uh, he seemed dangerous all night long. Uh, nice to see Jake uh, score on a nice pass from Poitras. Uh, and Beecher gets one on a breakaway. You know, his hands and his scoring touch have been questioned a little bit, so it was nice to see him kind of chip in one uh, with one there early. Uh, he was weighing face-offs. He was excellent on the dot. I believe uh, in that game and uh, the mm-hmm. Buffalo game, I think he was over sixty percent. So uh, you know, and he's a left a left-handed centerman. So and that's something the Bruins need. So he may be kind of nudging his way there uh, if he mm-hmm. can continue his strong play in the preseason. Maybe nudging his way into uh, a fourth line role with the Bruins. So good for Absolutely. him. <clears throat> Absolutely. And how about how about Brandon Bussey, who really, uh, if if he if he continues to. You know, to play well and show that he may be NHL, you know, ready. Then, then that gives the the, the Bruins a good problem to have with the with the goaltending depth they've had. And we've talked about this before. The Bruins have done an excellent job with their goaltending over the years. I mean, they've always had really good goaltending, some depth there. They're good evaluators of goaltending. They're good developers of goaltending. Uh, Bob Asenza, you know, the, a master of goaltenders, and they've always done a really good job. And I don't 
don't think they get enough credit for the job that they do with goaltenders. I think that's one area where their prospects uh, have always been pretty strong. And they've, mm-hmm. and like you said, they've done a good job with developing those guys. Um, you know, so I, I think Bussy gives them uh, definitely, you know, an option to to you know, if in case one of these, um, you know. Swayman or Omar gets hurt. There's a guy that can seems seems to be able to step right in and and you know should be able to give them some quality games. I mean, he may have made the save of the year before the year even started. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, just right. an unbelievable stop on a on a cross crease on a, a one timer that he just you know snags and and made it look relatively easy. And it was a it wasn't like it was a he flubbed a shot. He got all of it. He put it you know halfway up the net and. Uh, and Bussy was athletic enough to get get over and, and make that save. So uh, you know it, it does bode well for the future in the in the Nets for the Bruins. Sure. And then uh, Tuesday at Buffalo, Bruins drop four to one loss to the Sabers. Uh, Ryan Mass had a tough game on defense. He was in the box for a goal, then get then another deflects off of him and into the net. Uh, Mason Lowry, though, the complete opposite, 29-plus minutes, 10 more minutes than any other Bruin in the game, played a heavy, heavy load uh, in the first uh, preseason game there and, and really looked like, again, he, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, they, the Bruins need their top four or five prospects to be really good NHL players. They need it desperately. And Lowry is another one who's, who's showing that he's getting closer and closer to NHL ready. Yeah, he, he definitely is. Uh, um, I thought there was some up and down to his game, but as you know, it being his first kind of professional game with the Bruins, he certainly held his own. I mean, there were a couple of turnovers that you, you would probably like to have back, but you know, like I said, it, with, with his first game and the amount of minutes he played in Buffalo was, was icing uh, almost, uh, you know, their full power play unit. You know, Alex Tuck got scratched late, but uh, they had a lot of regulars in the lineup that he saw Mm -hmm. a decent amount against those guys. So, um, you know, definitely some, some, uh, some good signs there. And, and hopefully, you know, it's something that he can continue uh, moving forward through the preseason and, and maybe grab a spot for himself. Yeah, and he and the the numbers, the analytics show that against you know Tage Thompson and some of the top players on the team, he he really held his own, and and the Bruins had an advantage with Lowry on the ice. So mm-hmm. that's good to see. He was a little up and down in the prospect challenge too here and there, but you know again, that's just hopefully that's just learning the learning the faster, quicker game, and and hopefully, uh, but you know to play all those minutes. Well, that's yeah, that's uh, the other thing. Says a lot. If you're on the ice for half the game, you know you. <laughs> You're probably you probably are going to make a mistake here and there. So, right. um, True. you know, uh, but he did have a he did. He got a shot through from the point that was uh, mm-hmm. that Steen actually put in the net. That was the Bruins goal uh, mm-hmm. late in the third. Uh, I thought when the Bruins had their best period. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he seems to have some poise with the puck for a young guy. He he is uh, good at making the outlet passes. He has a good head on his shoulders in the offensive zone. He thinks offensively. He's a big guy. Uh, so I think pairing him with Kylo, he can learn some of the stick positions and things like that that Kylo's so great at. Um, and then hopefully, you know, continue to add to his offensive game. So I think Kylo's a really good mentor for him um, mm-hmm. to have as far as, you know, defensive and kind of rounding out that part of his game mm-hmm. uh, here with the Bruins. 
And speaking of Steen, uh, he did score, and here's a 2016 draft pick. Hard to believe, almost eight years since he was since he was drafted. He's still only 25 somehow. Uh, but Steen and Lauko are the two um, sort of uh, I'll call them veteran rookies <laughs> that are kind of you know been around the organization for a while. You know there are fans out there who who some like some like them. You know some don't you know mixed reviews are they going the same way of other past prospects who didn't really pan out end up somewhere else and then out of the league or are they really going to find something here and Lauco and Steen have every opportunity to be there and to get some at least a, a roster spot early and, and Steen scoring a goal that was a that was big for him I mean he's not an overly big guy but he can play a you know a four checking kind of game and he's not afraid to mix it up and get in there and and grind it out and and neither is Loco. So, uh, but Steen getting a goal that was really important for him. And I think if the Bruins want to be conservative, I would think that Steen and Loco get roles early on while the other kids develop down in Providence. I think that I, th- I think that's true. I think that's the way it has to be. As long as those guys are are productive and playing their roles the right way. Like, you know, those are the type of guys in the preseason now when you're not going up against, you know, complete NHL rosters that they need to produce. They need to show up. They need to, you need to notice those guys for them to get NHL jobs. They need to be some of the best players on the ice in the, in the situations like that. And, you know, Steen scores a goal, you know, going to the dirty areas where, you know, getting inside position, you know, they've been talking about that a lot, you know, the last couple of years saying they need to get inside more. Well, he scores a goal, you know, right where he should be crashing the net being inside. And then he puts it in the net, which is another thing, you know, (laughs) you you can't just be there and fire it off the pads. You know, you got to, you got to score when you have the opportunities like that. So uh, it was really good sign for him. And, and uh, you know, hopefully uh, that can continue for him and, and for the Bruins and, and he can add some depth to their either bottom six or, you know, be one of the first call-ups if there's injuries. All right, Seven Chirps now. Seven Chirps brought to you by Lops Brewing. Lops are brewing and tasting room. Downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. Open seven days a week. Use the coupon code SPORTS. Get 10% off your online order. Go to lopsbrewing.com. Also follow them at Lops Brewing for new beers and events. Chirp number one. Bruins want more physicality, as Jim Montgomery has spoken about early on in the preseason. Have they learned their lesson after early exits the last few years? Uh, you know, I, I would hope so. I, I, I want them to learn their lessons. Uh, they've been preaching about it. Montgomery's talked a lot about it, um, uh, especially this preseason, saying they wanted to be more physical, especially in the net front areas, both offensively and defensively. Have I seen it? Nah, not particularly. No. So, uh, you know, is that going to be different when you see more of the NHL regulars? Hopefully, Um, you know, it does seem like they've they've kind of built themselves a little bit of a bigger team. I I was looking through the roster the other day and and they only now um, have a handful of guys that are under six feet. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they've really kind of gotten away from the smaller, quicker guys uh, and have gone to a, a bigger lineup. We'll see if that pays off, uh, you know, come, you know, late, late winter, early spring and, and into hopefully the playoffs um, when that stuff uh, mm-hmm. is going to matter a little bit more and, and the big bodies can stand up a little bit more to the physicality of the playoffs. We'll see. Um, but you know, and they, and they do have some guys now like Van Riemsdyk, who's a kind of a net front guy. Lucic is obviously going to stand in front of the net and take his poundings and, and hopefully bang a few in. Um, so they do seem to have some more guys that can kind of play that net front area. Um, and, but we'll see on the defensive end if, if they have enough, uh, guys willing to, um, kind of inflict some pain in front of their own net. You know, it's it's funny. You know, when they when they lose in the playoffs, and it has happened a few times, it's almost like Cam Neely has this. You know, he, like he he loses his mind. Yeah. And he and he says, "Okay, go get Zach Ronaldo. Go get Nick Foligno. Go get some ham and egg or some friggin' you know hammerhead to go mash into people. And we need to do this and we need to do that. And here's my problem with it: if you haven't built your team that way and you don't have the personnel you can't manufacture something like physicality i don't think if you don't have guys who really play that way like you can't tell you know brandon carlo to go face wash everybody and and he's just it's not in his dna you can't tell matt grizzlick to go pound bodies into the into the corner because you didn't you you know you can't tell hampus lindholm that because he's a puck moving offensive minded kind of defenseman smooth skating all that Mm -hmm. but he's not a physical guy so you can't take the personnel you have and say okay Let's, now we're going to pound people in the glass all night long because not only will they not do that well, they might get hurt too because it's just not what, who they are. Yeah, I mean, are they so going to have a problem with? Yeah, I mean, are they going to go out of position to, to, to make hits and, and that kind of thing now? Uh, it, it really isn't in their DNA and it hasn't been. And they, ha- and they built a, a defensive core that's really more of a puck moving defensive core than it is a punishing physical defensive core. So it'll be interesting to see it, how you know, they transition into that kind of, you know, can we still be nasty in front of our own net? Like, like you said, I don't think it's in a lot of their DNAs. I mean, Charlie McAvoy likes to open ice hit with the best of them, but uh, is he cross checking guys and slew footing guys in front of his own net? (laughs) I mean, no, no, you know, Brandon Carlo's not doing that. Lindholm's not doing that. I mean, they used to have like Adam McQuaid would do that. Brandon, you know, Johnny Boychuk would do that. Andrew mm-hmm. Ference would do that, even for a smaller mm-hmm. guy. Um, Seidenberg, obviously, and then Chara mm-hmm. was just, you know, people didn't want to get anywhere near him. So mm-hmm. it, it's a different kind of defensive core. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's like you know, you ask guys to do things outside of their comfort zone, and is that really the best way to get the, the most out of your guys? And I'm not sure right. that it is. We'll see. Because they certainly right. need, they certainly need to be more nasty in front of their own net. They do, sure. Uh, they do, but you know, can that be taught? I'm not sure it can be. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the course of the season. 
Now, here's a quote from Montgomery. We want physical. We need to be a more physical team this year than we were last year, in our opinion. So we like the physicality, and guys are fighting for jobs. So, you know, there, there should be physicality out there when the drill requires it. Well, I think we're a bit bigger and heavier team, but also we just think that we need to be more physical at net fronts offensively and defensively. And they did get, you know, they got Shattenkirk. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they got Van Riemsdyk, who, who, you know, lives in front of the net quite a bit. They got Lucic back, which, you know, who, who knows what that does and how many minutes he plays and so forth. But again, your, your core is still kind of your core. And we've talked about the defensive. I really think part of the issue is their defense is not nasty enough. Yeah. And I thought that last year, I thought Florida's defense is more nasty. I thought that they they suck. Some of them suck. <laughs> like, Guda sucks. Like, you know, Aaron Ekblad was not very good at times. But they were nasty, mm-hmm. and they'd stick a friggin' butt end in your face. And, and the Bruins don't really do that. They don't have that kind of image, that, you know, that kind of swagger that way. And I think it hurts them. I think it hurts them as a team. Now, yeah, they're, I guess they're, they're bigger and taller and, and all that stuff. But um, I think it's going to be interesting. And then the, the other thing was the second preseason game, a lot of passengers, not a lot of – like you would think guys are fighting for spots. Like I just thought I'd see more from the team than, than I did in that second preseason game. It just didn't seem like there was a ton of – it was like a midseason where in the doldrums kind of we played three games and four nights kind of game. It was very uh, up and down. Stretches. It was very up and down. Uh, yeah. they, I thought they were pretty good in the first. I thought they were terrible in the second. I thought the third was their best period by far. Um, right. But, it, you know, they, it was a lot of up and down. I mean, and I don't know if that's, you know – having some 4A guys playing with some, you know, tryout guys. You know, I didn't think there was, you know, I thought there would be more physicality from guys fighting for jobs. You know, you would expect guys to go in and crunch people on on the forecheck, and you just, you didn't see much of that. Now, maybe that's a coaching point where it's like, you know, yes, get in hard on the forecheck if you think you can win the puck, but if you can't or you don't think you can win the puck, then fall back and you play kind of their, you know, whatever their defensive system is is where they kind of funnel a guy one way and then try to get turnovers in the neutral zone. Um, but maybe that's a coaching point that they're not, right. you know, right. balls to the wall all the time. Because I thought um, Garnet Hathaway was going to be a lot different last year than he, than he yeah. turned out to be. And, mm-hmm. and, and that may just be the, the, the style between Washington and Boston being, Could be. being different. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is as far as that goes, but I thought the same thing. I thought this this game was kind of just really uh, kind of boring to watch, uh, you know, other than, you know, some of the Sabres, you know, high-end talent doing some doing some nice things. Um, yeah, I mean, from the Bruins' perspective, it, there really wasn't much to it. It was kind of a yawner, honestly. Yeah, and there was a, there weren't a lot of guys who played in game one who played in game two. I think Beecher might have been. I think Beecher was the only one. I think he was the only one. I think he was the only forward that played. Yeah, the second time or the only player. I think he was the only one. Game. Yeah, I think I yeah. think he was the only guy that played in both. 
Yeah. And so, yeah. So, I mean, that, that could be part of it too. You would just think after Montgomery really preaching physicality and all these guys need jobs and then they go out and it was just kind of a wet fart mm -hmm. uh, of a game. I will say this. I think, I think we're replacing Cliffy hockey with Mitchie hockey because Ian Mitchell is all over the friggin' ice <laughs> like Cliffy hockey. Like he's all, I looked at the chart when he was in the offensive zone and he was everywhere. Like not, not like necessarily good all the time, but just like, everywhere Just yeah i mean he place. i mean he's he's definitely an offensive defenseman he's he's got i think a little more offensive skill than cliffy and he's not as much of a uh hitter defensively as as cliffy was so it'll be interesting to see how that uh plays right. out but i think he probably is going to be like their seventh eighth defenseman type of a thing you know him and zavoro mm -hmm. probably will be the the seven eight guys there but um sure. Yeah, it is. It is going to be interesting to see how um, you know the, these next few preseason games play out and and what happens with some of the the cuts there. You know, and here's ship number two. Matthew Poitras has been holding his own at camp and playing with David Pasternak. He scores a goal in the first uh, preseason game. Should the Bruins give him a spot and just live with the ups and downs? Um, I. I tend to lean towards no, just because I'm not sure he's strong enough physically to put up with an 82 game season. Mm -hmm. um, I think they could use his playmaking because uh, I think he's probably going to be their best playmaking center since David Krejci when he finally mm -hmm. breaks into the lineup. Uh, there's not a lot of guys that can pass like him on their team. Mm -hmm. um, so... Uh, they, I think they could use it, but I just, I don't know if he'll withstand, you know, the NHL kind of punishment day in and day out. Uh, so I think he could, you know, spend some time. I wouldn't mind seeing him get like, you know, what can they do? Play like nine or 10 games and then send him back. Yeah, something uh, like that. Something like that. Okay. So I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. You know, play the yeah. first, you know, handful of yeah, games. See what you got. See what you mm -hmm. got. And then, you know, if he starts to tail off or whatever, you send him down. But if send he's, you know, somehow lighting the world on fire, I mean, mm -hmm. give him give him a chance, I guess. I mean, Bergeron broke in as an 18-year-old. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's precedent. You know, it can happen. Um, but he is, you know, he is on the smaller side. I think he's like 5'10", 5'11", like 170. Like 170. 170. He's small. So he's on the smaller yeah. side. So, um, you know, that concerns me a little bit. But they, they could use his playmaking, I think. That's for sure. Yeah, with well, the Guelph Storm, I think he played 67 games, 68 games last year. So it's not quite 82. And you're right. I mean... He, he may not be able to stand up to the rigors of the NHL game, um, but he's he's really super talented. And I think that's probably why he wasn't drafted higher. I think he was a 20th center uh, drafted in that draft and uh, seems to be really, I mean, obviously he had 79 assists last year at Guelph and, um, you know, he's very good offensively. Um, you know, he seems to be pretty responsible defensively too for a young guy with a lot of, with a high hockey IQ. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's intriguing because you kind of want to see it because this is a this is kind of a transition period at the center position. You kind of mm -hmm. want to you kind of want to get the flashy, sexy like let's put Poitras and Lysel out there and see what we have, like mm -hmm. kind of thing. But then, you know, like you said, five or seven games in, and 
and they're sucking pond water and then, then where are you? Yeah. Like it's, you know, so, and they have enough, I think they have enough veteran depth to be like, okay, we can, we can hold off. He does want to go. He does want to stay here. He doesn't want to go back to Guelph. We already said that, but, uh, and I don't know if he, you know, it's kind of one of those hard little rules where he's not going to gain much for going back there. I mean, he pretty much dominated the league on a team that yeah. he dragged into the playoffs. Like, it's not, he's not really going to gain much from it. Um, so that's a hard one because you really wish he could just go to Providence and play with men. You know what I mean? Right. But, uh, but oh well. Like, I think he'll be back to Guelph uh, eventually. Uh, chirp three John Beecher scores a goal, wins 64% of his faceoffs against the Rangers, and then half of the faceoffs against the Sabres. Looks like he might be the fourth line center. I mean, he's got everything they're looking for there. He's left-handed. He's winning face-offs. He's responsible defensively. He can mm-hmm. skate like the fucking wind. He's right. big. big. So, yeah. I mean, he's got really everything you want there. He made some good plays in that Buffalo game. Uh, I thought just little small plays to get the puck out of the zone and, and relieve pressure, uh, things like that. Uh, the face-offs were big, and obviously scoring goals is, is huge. Uh, and he did penalty kill, too. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, all that adds up to a guy that uh, very legitimately could get a shot here if he continues to play well. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they'll give him a chance to play, you know, against some NHL guys, you know, full NHL guys, um, when, you know, a little later on here in the preseason uh, to see how he holds up in, in those situations. And if he passes the test, I think you very well could be looking at the fourth-line center for the Bruins. Yeah, I think, they're, I think they're really considering him because he played both games. Like, they're trying to give him a lot of time. Same with Lowry. Like, I think they're really considering those two guys because yeah. they really need, you know, they really need guys who make less than a million bucks a year, like, mm-hmm. on the roster and good young talent. It hit, look, if he's a younger, faster, stronger Thomas Nosek, then I'm all in. Sure. If, you know, then I'm in. Like, if he scores 10, 12 goals and kills penalties and skates like the wind and he's big and physical and, and grinder and four-checker and does, does a little things like no sick did then then i'm in then I, that, that's a really good transition into john beecher you know, it's just great um last year he kind of dipped some and you were wondering whether or not the guy would be like there was some reports like wasn't really you know all that consistent and people were talking about his ceiling only being like fourth line maybe and and it almost seemed like people were a little bit down on him, but in the off season, he's really worked hard and he's improved to the point now where, you know, he, he could have a roster spot and he, I think he's in the lead, you know, for the fourth line center roster spot. Um, and I say, let's, let's give it to him. Um, I would really be concerned though with Lucci's playing with him because Lucci's will be two, two zones behind him every time, he, every time he's up there. But, uh, you know, maybe Lauko and Steen and 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 Beecher and have them all skate around and grind it out and you know who knows. Um, but I think uh, I think you'll see Beecher make the roster and give it a go from the get go here. Um, all right, trip number four: top ten NHL teams for the next three seasons, according to ESPN. Your number one team is the New Jersey Devils. Two is the Hurricanes, three Sabres, then the Red Wings, Kraken, Stars, Wild, Golden Knights, Blue Jackets, and Kings. That's all based off of 
uh, recent drafts. And, and right. that, and that's right. all it is, uh, recent yeah. drafts and, and young players they have on their teams. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, to a certain degree, I agree with that. Yes. Obviously the devils are a very good team. They have a lot of sure. gr- good young talent. They brought in a couple of, uh, of good veterans to go along with that young talent. Uh, so yeah, they'll be there. Uh, Carolina obviously has a lot of good young talent. Buffalo has a lot of good young talent. Uh, and they appear that they may have found a goaltender too, which is um, one of their uh, one of the big problems that they had for a long time uh, in in Devin Levi. So um, mm-hmm. you know they there's some teams there, yeah, that that um, could be good. But then you you know you're talking about Detroit and Seattle and um, yeah. you know some of these like yeah. Columbus. Yeah, Adam Fantilli is great, and they have some good prospects they have Gaudreau but you know what what else do they have I, I yeah, don't know I mean I don't know so yeah. I I mean I'm I'm I agree with probably the top of that list maybe uh top you know three or four of that list but uh as you get towards the bottom of that list I'm not 100% sold on all that no, and I think that I think that the Bruins, if 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 some things pan out here, I think the Bruins are still a solid playoff team for the next you know four, five, six years. I mean, they've got they've got a high end player in Pasternak and a high end player in McAvoy and and probably a good goaltender in either Swayman or Allmark or whoever the hell they have in net. And mm-hmm. you know, I think they have the pieces to be continue to be pretty good. Plus they'll spend to the cap and you know, they'll, I think they'll continue to, you know, to, to push forward. And I, I still think they will be second in the division this year. So I, I think that uh, with, you know, Lindholm and some of the guys they have under contract, I think they are still going to be really competitive. Uh, I don't know about top 10, but certainly in the mix there, if, you know, right in the 10 to 15 range, I would think. Yeah. I mean, if you have, uh, if you have strong defense and, and good goaltending and yeah. a, and a 60 goal scorer, you're going to win your share right. of games. You know, you're going to win your share right. of games. So right. I think the Bruins will definitely be in the mix the next few years. And like you said, you know, if they spend to the cap, you know, there's some, um, some decent center centers. Oh, uh, you know, I guess some of them are coming off the, of a free agency coming off the open market, but, uh, you know, if they can snag one of those guys, then, you know, it's more of a reload than, than anything. And, and the Bruins might be uh, right there again in the thick of it all. Yeah, I mean, if I said to you, okay, you're going to start a team and you have a top goaltending tandem, you have a top pairing of McAvoy and Lindholm, and you have a 61-goal scorer, that's the beginning of your team. You'd say, peace. You know, we've, yeah. we're off to a good I'll, start. I'll say, I'll say, yep. <laughs> I like my chances. Uh, I, think, yeah. I, think we'll be, I think we'll be all right. I think yeah, we'll be all right. So. Yeah, if you, have, so. if you have the Vezina Trophy winner, the Jennings Trophy right. winners, yeah. uh, right. you know, a potential Norris candidate, and you know somebody who could win trophy candidate. And, yeah, yeah. A, a potential hard trophy or a rocket richard rocket candidate richard. yeah you know i'll say yeah. sure sign me up sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> i'll take sure. those i'll take those pieces and i'll take my chances sure absolutely absolutely uh all right chirp number five mason lowry plays over 29 minutes in his first preseason action what are his chances of making the team out of camp do you believe uh i think they're pretty good i think they're pretty mm. good i mean they probably would have to move on from somebody, I think, I feel like, um, in order for that to happen. They kind of have a log jam there at, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, Grizzlick, uh, Forbort, 
Uh, mm-hmm. Shattenkirk, Zaboro, Zaboro. Mitchell. Yeah. So yeah. there's a bunch of guys there. Um, you know, I think Lowry's been better than Zaboro. He's been better than Mitchell. Um, mm-hmm. But then you run into the, you know, do you really want him on the third pair playing 12 minutes a night or do you want him mm-hmm. in Providence playing 30 minutes a night? Right. Um, so, you know, if he's going to make the team, I feel like they need to make a move to kind of put him in the position that he needs to be in, whether that's, you know, second pairing or whatever, and, and be mm-hmm. out there playing 20 minutes a night and, and learning the league and, and making his mistakes and, and, you know, learning from it, hopefully, and, and gaining some, uh, you know, valuable experience. You know, look, he's played 30 minutes a night his whole life. He has. Know, with with has. Green Bay, Green Bay and the USHL. Yeah, Ohio with State. Wisconsin, Ohio State. Yeah. With, I mean, he's, yeah. I mean, he's been playing 30 minutes a night, half the game, like his whole life. So I think to go to play, like you said, 12 minutes or be seventh defenseman, like look at Zaboro last yeah, year. Yeah, you don't want that. He had healthy scratch all year long. Like you can't, you don't want that. No. I think it was Steve Conroy of the Herald who tweeted out something today where it was like, you just don't want him to be your seventh defenseman because it's just stunts his development. Absolutely. It, it didn't, it did, it did no help at all to Zaboro last year when he no. played 23 games or whatever it is and sat the rest of the time. Yeah. Like just sat. So I'm with you on it. Uh, and this leads us right to chirp number six. Jimmy Murphy reports that an NHL scout says there's a lot of interest in Matt Grizzlick. And is this part of the reason for the long look the Bruins are giving Lowry? And could they potentially be saying, you know what? Let's roll the dice. Let's let's add Lowry. Let's trade Grizzlick and let's go, you know, Carlo Lowry as your second pairing. I would do that. I mean, I would. I would do that. I would do that. I would do that. Would do and that. and maybe, you know, you clear a little cap space, number one. Um, you know, may, if mm-hmm. teams are interested, maybe you can, I'm not saying you get a first round pick back, but maybe you get a, you know, a second or a third or something like that back or, or, a, or some kind of a prospect. Maybe you get a center prospect back. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would do it. I would do it. I, I think... Um, you know, you're going to have to pay Grizzly here coming up pretty soon. He is a smaller guy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he is excellent with McAvoy, and he has been very good uh, analytically over the course of his career. He has been. Uh, yeah, and, I li- and I like the guy, and I'm not saying just ship him out right. to ship him out. But if you, you know, if you have a young guy like Lowry who – um, you know, could potentially be one of the cornerstones of your franchise. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like you want to give that guy an opportunity. And if it comes at the expense of Grizzlick and you can save a little cap space and, and you know, get a little something in return, then I, I would do that, I think. Yeah, I you know, I think a Grizzlick could really help like a Minnesota or sure. some some team out west or something that that could really use a guy like him that can, you know, play a little bit of offense, great great skater, you know, a veteran who's played a lot of, you know, big time games and so forth and um veteran guy, um good citizen all that. So, um you know, I, I would seriously consider it because this is one of those page turner kind of moves you can make that the Bruins, I don't think I've done enough of 
Uh, they've been ultra conservative, I think, in some of this uh, changing the roster over. And Don Sweeney's not a risk taker, Mm-mm. but I think that in this case, I mean, what what do you really, I mean, what do you really lose with low rye for Grizzly? I mean, I I don't think the the difference is that much in the two. And low rye has such a higher ceiling that I think you just you just do it. I mean, you're not saying low rye for Lindholm or something. You're just you're you're saying low rye for a borderline second third pairing defenseman um and i think you do it now i think you this is the time and if someone's interested and if there are a few teams interested like jimmy murphy says like then so then jesus maybe you get a little more than maybe you should right uh, if there's so much interest so i think you do it and they strike while the iron's hot and you just you just do it and you have some depth beyond it as well you have shattenkirk you have you know you have a bunch of depth beyond it yeah uh, for on defense so i think it's i think you do it um and it clears some space maybe you clear three, it was a 3.8 or whatever you clear that you could use that later in the trade deadline and if it's not working out you can get a defenseman later with the extra money so um i would do it i mean i i would do it and i like Grizzlick a lot i like Grizzlick, you know probably more than some people are are down on him and there's been a narrative creative like some of it's narrative some of it's true about Grizzlick. it's somewhere in the middle it's not that he's bad it's not that he's you know the physicality thing is an issue but how much of an issue is it he was a friggin plus 48 or whatever the hell yeah. last <laughs> yeah. year i mean jesus he can't be that bad no I, you know yeah. i mean it's just insane um and he's good i mean he's a good steady you know reliable player um, who had some ups and downs a couple of years there and in the and in the postseason, but for the most part, he's been a pretty reliable player for them. Um, so I, it's not anything against Grizz. I just think that right now is the time to do it. I'm yeah. with you. I yeah, think they I, should do it. I think that you won't lose much either offensively. I think Lowry, you know, plays an offensive game too. So it's not like Grizzlick's lighting the world on fire with his points. I think his, you know, right. his highest points that he's ever had in a season is, you know, close to 30, maybe. I don't think it's right. anything more than that. So right. um, it's not like you're giving away a guy who's averaging, you know, 50 points or something like that. You know, you're going to get uh, similar, maybe not in year one, but you're going to get similar offensive production from Lowry that you would have gotten from Grizzlick if you give him the minutes. So I, I really, like you said, I love Grizz. I, I think he does get a bad rap for some of the, you know, he's being small and getting taken advantage of in the playoffs. Um, you know, he has been a really, really good defenseman for this team uh, for mm-hmm. for a lot of years. So it isn't yeah. a knock on him. It's more of giving an opportunity to to a young guy who maybe has a little bit of a higher ceiling. Yeah, never been a minus player. Plus plus one twenty four in his career. Yeah. Plus forty six last year. Last year was his highest point total. Twenty six. There you go. Uh, points just just this last year so um so yeah i mean he's he's he scored uncanny he scored three four five and four goals in his career so he's not going to score a ton but uh in in his skill set is is that of more of an offensive type defenseman but he doesn't get a ton of points and some of that is because he's third pairing guy a bunch too you know he's playing with guys who aren't scoring a, a ton either um and not getting that opportunity. He doesn't 
doesn't get many play up. He doesn't get power play minutes much at all. Mm-hmm. I think he got a little bit more last year, but uh, that's about it. So, but I'm with you. I I say let's go with Lowry and let's see what we can get for Grizzly if there's if there's interest out there. Um, and then shirt number seven, Brandon Bussey was sensational in the first preseason game. If the Bruins need a trade deadline move, could they trade either Swayman or Almark and have Bussey? be the backup so my thought is this if the Bruins are in any kind of contention that does not happen if the Bruins fall out of it if the Bruins fall out of it and uh you know are are well out of the the playoff situation uh I could see them doing that and I think they should explore it obviously Mm -hmm. uh with Allmark who is an older guy uh you know and coming off of Vesna uh, so I, I would trade Allmark if, you know, if the Bruins fall out of it uh, mm-hmm. to see what you can get. And then you go with Swayman and Bussy and, and Bussy has proved uh, in the AHL last year and, and so far this preseason that, that he should be able to handle it. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think, I think that's something that you would consider. But <clears throat> to me, it's only if the Bruins fall out of it. If the Bruins are in contention, obviously you're, you're staying with Swayman and Allmark. Yeah, I think, I think they'll be in it. Uh, Pretty much to the end. I, I think they'll be in it because, I, like I said, I think they'll be second in the division. But um, if they are out of it for some reason, I think you'll see them. I, I would like to see them trade Allmark and extend Swayman then. Uh, and then because you're going to have to do that at the end of the year anyway. So I would like to see that move done. Um you know, so I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement. Uh, I think that bus, I think it's a great sign that Bussy is, is, uh, playing as well as he is and looks to be as good as he is, because if he's just a reliable backup who plays 25 games or whatever and does well, that's, that's perfect. That'll make him a good amount of money and, mm-hmm. and that'll help the Bruins for the next few years. So I think that's great. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is Boston's hometown sportsbook and it's live right here in Massachusetts. Bet local on all your favorite sports. From the comfort of your own home with DraftKings to celebrate, all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using code ITR. You can now bet on local, uh, bet local on money lines, spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with the code ITR to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use now that mobile sports betting is live in Massachusetts. That's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7, 21 plus, physically present in Mass, eligible restrictions apply subject to regulatory licensing requirements eligibility and deposit restrictions apply opt-in required bonus issued as free bets terms at draftkings.com slash ma and before we wrap up i wanted to get your take on patrick kane put out a video of himself working out on the ice and wants to return to the nhl any predictions on where he may end up uh i think there's a good chance he goes to buffalo you think so I think he goes home. I think he goes to Buffalo and mm-hmm. uh, and plays with those guys. And uh, that would be something else because they have some yeah. talent there offensively. Uh, and um, adding him would, would certainly um, kind of, 
it might tilt the tilt the division there a little bit. Right in there. Yeah, it might yeah. tilt the division there a little bit. So it might. Uh, I could see him going there. I could see him going. I don't think he would go to a team in like the division against the Blackhawks. I don't think he would do that. So I think it would be like a Buffalo. Uh, I think he's done with with New York. So I think it would be like a Buffalo or maybe somewhere out west, like uh, Kings or Vegas, possibly. Um, but uh, I think my first choice in my in my gut says buffalo yeah i i would think so i mean, I think that would be the good place for him for many reasons i also think it would take a little bit of this you know there is that sort of black mark of his you know what happened with the blackhawks and his sort of mm-hmm. you know some little smatterings about his character or how he was involved and whatever happened there and, and all that so i think there's a little bit of that too I, I see a lot of people who say we don't want him because of you know because of those what happened there and those incidents and um and he's also you know he's he's obviously getting toward the end of his career it didn't really create the bang when he went to the rangers i thought it might like mm. they didn't do as well as i thought they would do with him in there but i think it definitely would help a sabers team you know that's young has has thompson who's a really good player um you know they they are really coming along they have the goaltender they have the defensemen they of course they pick so high in the draft yeah. they have these can't miss sort of defensemen Dowling and power so i think um I think that would be a good fit for him and a good fit for them. And, um, you know, I, I think it definitely, I think it definitely swings the pendulum over toward them being now, you know, maybe sneaking up there. And I think it, it's not great for Boston. No. So uh, it's not, not great for Boston at all. It's not great for Tampa Bay. It's not great for Florida. No. Like, there's some teams, I think, that I don't think Florida will be quite as good, and I don't think Tampa Bay will either. So yeah. Buffalo could sneak up above two or three teams with that type of move, mm-hmm. I think. I agree with you. Um, all right, week ahead for the Bruins, September the 29th versus the Flyers, and then October 2nd at the Flyers, and then the next night, October the 3rd versus the Capitals at home. Uh, the Flyers, uh, I saw their first preseason game. They were down 4 nothing five minutes in. You know, it was, it was the same old Philly Flyers. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, boy. I don't, know, I don't know how to fix that thing. I mean, it's just... It's just not very. It's just not very good. Um, you know, yeah, the, Torts is gonna. Is Torts is gonna player. do it. He's gonna. He's gonna. Yeah. How about yeah. How, Have you seen any of this? The the uh, the rankings for the NHL twenty four been coming out in the last few days oh, here. Oh yeah, I did. And yeah. The goaltender rankings. They had Carter Hart on there as tenth, and Jeremy Swayman wasn't on the list. You fucking not kidding? On the list. You fucking kidding wow. me? Oh man, that's ridiculous. I could, I mean, I kind of hard. I couldn't I fucking mean, believe he it. Got a little better, but he went, he went south. He went south there for a while. He had a good year, like three well. years ago, and then right. he was trash <laughs> for like crash. two years, and then last yeah. year he was decent he again. Rebounded a little bit, yeah, decent again. But you, you're telling <clears throat> right. me he's a top ten goalie in the league? No, get God, lost. No. God, God, no. God, no. There's no way. There's no way. Unbelievable. I mean, there's just no way he's a top 10 goalie in the league. Not for sure he isn't. Um, I don't think anything is top 10 on that Flyers team. Uh, other than lowest tenants. Goals allowed. Uh, goals allowed. <laughs> goals allowed. Uh, yeah, so the Bruins have uh, three preseason games to go here, and then it'll be October 11th will be this, the uh, season opener at home against the Chicago Blackhawks and, and old friends Taylor Hall, Nick Foligno, 
will be uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks. And Phenom, Connor Bedard. Don't forget him. And Connor Bedard. Yeah. It'll be quite the, quite the night. Yeah, that's going to be a, It is. He won't be able to watch. No, I'm going to have to yeah. illegally yeah. somehow <laughs> right. get that. Come, with, come up with my 47th different email address yeah. to, to get a free preview of YouTube TV somewhere. again. Fucking yeah. Christ. Jesus Christ. Can you make, can someone make it easy shine. enough so that I can watch yeah. all the games? Except for except, you know, Ness and three sixties, like a billion dollars oh for that God. fucking do, thing. Do you hear me? Can we talk about for a second? So it's thirty dollars a month or something for 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 dining playbook and Charlie Moore who doesn't even fish anymore. Like what are we doing? Like, <laughs> what are we doing? I, I don't. Like, I don't even. I don't even understand. Channel. This it, the the thing about it is like they're advertising it all over social media now. Oh, I know. A hundred dollars off yeah, the annual off subscription, the and it's still yeah. like three hundred twenty nine dollars at two hundred ninety nine dollars with a hundred dollars off. I mean, wow. get, are you kidding me? Why? I would just pay for cable. That like why would is why would you do that? Ridiculous. That's, yeah, I want I, I so desperately want to cancel cable. I so desperately want to cancel cable, but you know, the sports are what keep me by the by the by the bag. I'm telling like, you, just, just have get me by the bag. Just get the Fubo TV cuz Nesson comes with it and it's 65 bucks a month. You don't have to pay and you still get most of the other sports channels. You don't get okay. TNT. You don't get TNT or TBS. <laughs> you don't get the Turner broadcast. You don't get any of the Turners. But <laughs> yeah. you you know you get all the ESPNs, you get all the rest of that shit. Hmm. Uh, okay. uh, so you get all the sports except for the TNTs and TVSs on the on Fubo, uh, hmm. and you don't have to pay a million dollars to fucking Nesson uh, right. to to watch, you know, two sports teams and a and a bunch of programming that is absolutely unwatchable. Right. Unwatchable programming. They're talking about. They're talking when they when they hype the thing up. They're like, you can watch the Bruins and the Red Sox next year. The Red Sox stink, okay. Yeah. And then the Bruins. Stink. And then they're talking about like Boston Globe today. Like a like a thirty yeah. minute show at five o'clock is going to draw yeah. viewers in. Uh, no, People are no still driving home. Get out yeah, of here. No way in hell. Are you serious? No no way in hell. You're not going to beat Felger and Mass. Oh, my gosh. Who's on the TV. Like, you're just not going to beat that. It's just, I mean, it's, that's just. It's the, un, the fucking programming is awful. It's it unbelievable. Awful. Yeah. And then to charge that kind of money. It's ridiculous. I mean, Jesus. Like, that's unreal. Like, that's unreal. I don't know. Um, but you know what is a good buy? Going inside the ring.com and getting some Bruins Benders merchandise. Sure is. Because now, now, any any order over $75, you get the free ship now. Oh, let's go. You get the free shipping over $75 order so you can get shirts, hoodies, mugs, and more. Uh, Bruins Benders merchandise at inside the ring.com. So go ahead and shop on inside the ring.com uh, and get that special as you uh, get some Christmas gifts for, for the folks and the friends. Uh, follow us on social media at uh, Bruins Benders. Game updates will be on the Twitter. Subscribe to the Inside the Rink YouTube page and watch our content on YouTube. And we will be back again next week as the preseason continues. Until then, thanks so much for listening and go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.